how are you? So you can hear me. <laughs> yes. That's wonderful news. Yes. Yes. It's very loud and distorted, but oh. that's how you roll. Is that is that how I normally do? I don't know. It seems fine now. Did you turn something down? None of my uh, business, but you know. No, I just I just took the microphone further away from my from my face. Oh, I see, because that's where the sound comes out. It's exactly right. It comes right out of my my face hole. Um, I don't know what this is about, but today is going to be, uh, well, it's not going to be, the, ep- the episode's not different, but our conditions are a little different than usual. Okay. One of my conditions, just to, to just about to see what my condition was in, I'm uh-huh. doing something different. Sounds like you're doing different. And yes. I feel to a pretty high level of confidence that neither one of us knows what's different. Oh, interesting. Okay, Is so it? are we are we guessing? Guessing. Um, we're. Um, I think we're gonna. Yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah who, who, do, how about I start? Because I, okay. I have a little more clue than you. Okay, go. You're recording somewhere different than the place you normally record, possibly with different equipment and maybe with a different kind of connection. Am I close? <laughs> yes, you are. You very much are close. In fact, all the, all three of those things you said are true. Are you on a tall ship? No, but I can see ships. Okay, okay, okay. Huh. Um, did you, are you, are you in the brig? No. Nope. Of, of something? No, if I were, if I were in the brig, Oh, I, have I, to be pay- be able- I have to be paying for this call, and it says, you have received a call from the shipping brig. <laughs> I suppose if I were in, like, Tortuga, I could, be, I could be in a stone castle and looking out the window at tall ships as they went by. Does that make you a pimpernel? Is that a dry Tortuga? Is it a uh, the dry heat? What, what's, a, oh. what's a Tortuga? Is that Spain? You know, Spain's yeah. very hot right now, John. Oh, that's right. Spain is super hot. Spain and Portugal. Uh, you mean hot in, like, real estate market terms? Yes, but yes. also the temperature there is many centigrades. Yes. Did you know that Portugal is now making it easy for American expatriates to, to move there? No. Now, yes. this is going to confuse a lot of people. I used to think they spoke Spanish there, but you no. know what they speak is Portuguese. They do. They do. It's right there in the name. Well, what about Brazil? Uh, also Portuguese. Okay. It's right there in the Just name. Saying. Brazil. Yeah. Good point. Good point. Okay. <laughs> okay. I don't want to belabor this. Um, are you, are you, wait, wait, you say what you want to say. I'm never going to guess it. I'm, maybe are you visiting with family somewhere? Nope. Although, mm-hmm. y- yes, but also no. Did you just get married in Las Vegas and you're looking at a ship that's actually a casino? <laughs> a ship that's in a fountain. No. Oh, God. All that fresh water. Dude, now wait a minute. Now it's my turn. Oh, uh, you'll never guess it. Well, it sounds like you are, by by saying that you were guessing that I was in a different location, it sounds like you are in the same location. I'm in the same location, but my situation's a little different. Did you move everything around? Did you put Wilberforce on a different shelf? Okay. No, I'm kind of. Okay. Con- kind of. Uh-huh. I, ha- I, got a, I got a wild hair, as my mom used to say, or a bee in my bonnet, like my grandmother used to say, and I'm trying something a little bit different. That's very odd to me. Hmm. Are you in a stand-up desk? Yes. D- is that... Did I get it right? Yes. Yeah! Shit. Yay! Yeah, I bought a, uh, I bought I bought a board. Well, technically a shelf. I bought a shelf and I put that on a banker's box. And now I'm standing at my desk. I'll send you a photo. And are you like are you are you go- bouncing from foot to foot? Like, 
John, it's going to take everything I can do not to make this the whole show. This is so, I mean, like the thing is, there's things in life where you're like, oh, I bet if I did that, it would be weird. And then you do it. And after two minutes, you're like, oh, you know, it's not that weird. It's just different. And this is, there are numerous things about what I have done here. Uh, I set this up literally this morning while I was waiting for my Macintosh to finish updating. Uh, set up, meaning I put some, uh, I put a gallon of de-rusting liquid into a banker's box so it wouldn't move. I put right. the lid on the banker's box, got the lime and the coconut, and then I put yep. a tiny bit, tiny bit of that micro suction tape on the underside of the shelf so it wouldn't move. Smart. And, yeah, and now my $16.99 shelf is yeah. here, and I'm, I'm, I'm typing on it, and it's really fucking weird. It's so great because I've got a gallon of de-rusting liquid right here, and Love I didn't know what to do with it. de-rusting liquid. I, 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 John, John, it's almost like hydrogen peroxide. Not quite, but yeah. like once you get into de-rusting liquid, you've just opened a whole new world of projects you didn't know you wanted. Can you put it in your bath like you do uh, 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 hydrogen peroxide? peroxide. Uh, no. I, that's a really good question. It's a de- you know, that's a debriding agent. It's nice on a canker sore. It's nice on. Uh, it's it's nice just as a, as an anytime mouthwash. You can lighten your hair a little bit. I have not done that. I have taken a lot of the very 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 old rusty things I found in our very old house's garage and made a project out of trying to de-rust them and then polish them. Now I so don't almost you know, like a YouTube thing. Yeah, I don't want to. Uh, you know, I, no. I don't want to violate OPSEC, of course. But sure. But you do live close to the ocean. Yeah. The salt air. I could probably see tall ships. I can see those Maersk-style boats out there. Yep, yep. Sometimes you can. Most of the time, they're shrouded in fog. Most of the time, what I see is barely outside my window. Uh But so de-rusting material must, or de-rusting liquid must be more important to you because of the rust. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. I don't know. I don't need this at all. I don't have any reason for this. I just like de-rusting things. Yes. It, it's, you know, if you want to talk about this, I'll talk about this. It's a real yes. affliction. It started, it started with Brasso. It moved on to jewelry cleaner, hydrosonic things. It moved on then to like Easy Off. Uh-huh. But then I moved on to um, basically, I don't even, I think they're two gallon Ziploc bags that I nest in each other. And then the stuff sits in the de-ruster. Uh, uh, for legal reasons, I'll say overnight, but let's say for four days sometimes. So I got a rasp. I found a rasp from probably early in the 20th century in our garage. Well, closer to a nail file, but a big ass. Yeah, file. yeah, yep, yep. And uh, I, I did that. You know, and you know, John, as one of the ways I use to keep my demon dogs at bay, uh, I have a, I have a stack of project, which is sometimes I find things on the street, and when I find metal on the street, I collect it in a collection, and if it's particularly good metal, I polish it. Yep, yep. That's for my demon dogs. Yes. So you probably don't want to get super into it unless you do, but I have a lot of totally unnecessary projects that are good for my brain. Do you have a brush or brushes that are part of a dedicated rust removal system? Is this is this a thing you really want to know? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> where, where are you? Uh, where am I? Yeah. Just got to close that parenthesis. Uh, so, so do you just want the whole story? Are you... Uh, uh, yeah, hang I on. Can, put, we're, hang, yeah, oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Hey, everybody, Squarespace. <laughs> this episode of Roderick on the Line is brought to you in part by Squarespace. You can learn more about Squarespace right now by visiting squarespace.com slash Friends. Squarespace is the all-in-one platform for building your brand and growing your business online. 
You can stand out with a beautiful website. You can engage with your audience and you can sell anything, your products, content you create. You can even sell your time. This is true. This is new and it's true and it's amazing. It's Squarespace. Okay. All right. Well, maybe, maybe you're out there. Well, what some people call creative, I, I, I would call, I would not use that word. I would say people who make things right. But, but maybe a lot, that's what a lot of us do. And you need a website for that. Squarespace wants to help. And, you know, it's bringing together a lot of the old and the new in a way I find very invigorating. Remember blogging? Does anybody remember blogging? Well, you can create a community on your Squarespace website with a fully integrated commenting system that supports threaded comments, replies, and likes. You can use their powerful blogging tools to categorize, share, and schedule your posts as well. This is amazing. This is like stuff from the future where, where, where we all will spend the rest of our lives. You know, uh, you may, may know this. This is huge. This is, this is huge. All Squarespace sites are optimized for mobile. That means that the, the content on your pages will automatically adjust so that your site looks great on any device or dingus. That used to be an entire se- separate career. Squarespace does that for you. Uh, maybe you want to save time with uh, cross-posting. You want to get your message out there. Well, it's built right in. Squarespace can auto-post your content to Twitter, Tumblr, or Facebook, personal or brand pages. All post entries and images are optimized and tagged. So descriptions and titles will be correct wherever you are posting. You know, and let me just put in my own personal word for uh, for Squarespace. It's like my friend Marcus says, you know, you can pay me to talk about it, about it, but you can't pay me to like it. Well, I like it and I'm going to talk about it. So, you know, can't two things be true, right? I've used Squarespace for a very long time. And in fact, you are using it right now. I mean, definitely over 10 years. Roderick on the Line, our podcast that you're listening to right now, is hosted on Squarespace. And that's over 10 years. That's a very long time. You, you could have a child that's almost done with elementary school at this point. Mine's older than that. So, you know, it's, it's horrible you know, having a kid. But Squarespace can't help with that. It's not their problem. They want to build it, uh, build it beautiful is what they say. <laughs> so right now, do me a favor. Go and head, head over to uh, squarespace.com slash supertrain and you can get a free trial. Okay, free trial. No credit card required. You go in there. When you're ready to launch, right? You're ready to take it and put it live. Push the big red button. I don't know if there's a big red button. Uh, terms and conditions apply. Use the offer code supertrain and that's going to save you 10% off your first purchase of a website or a domain. Once again, please, squarespace.com slash supertrain, offer code supertrain. They've been great to us. They're going to be great to you. Um, And our thanks to Squarespace for supporting Roderick on the line and all the great shows. I can do do a a tight three minutes on it. No, no. You don't know. You're you're missing my point. Or I'm missing my point, more likely. Um, No, I want want to know all of it. I'm standing up, John, and I'm really fucking confused right now. I know. I know. Well, I'll I'll go ahead and just skip straight to the highlight, which is uh, the 11 years I've been in this office. I've always had my... Everything's always been mostly in the same place. The desk stuff, you know, has always been exactly in the same place. Right. Uh, I've had desk with uh, the computer machine. I can picture it. You can almost... See into the bathroom around I remember the you being here. Remember House Trotter? How could I forget? That was a weird lunch. Uh, but you know where there's what's something that's always been here for the 11 years I've been here, right behind me all the time, is a chair. Yeah. And I guess I didn't realize how much I had become accustomed to a chair always being right where my ass would go if I started to sit, sit uh-huh. down. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I tumbled backwards. Oh, you I, did! <laughs> Landed on my ass, and I almost knocked down a shelf, but not quite. You can't write this stuff. That is actually the least of my worries. My ass is not something I worry about. There's hardly any of it left. But it's very, it's so strange to just be, uh, what? I mean, uh, the banker's box is probably, what, 12 inches? I'm, I'm maybe 12 uh-huh. inches. So, I, you know, I, I, John Syracuse has got me onto the RSI stuff. So I've been thinking about I need to raise where my keyboard is enough that my hands are below my elbows. I think that's the rule of thumb. And a banker's box was actually perfect for that. 
Yeah, it's uh, it's the you know the same same uh, same thing about uh, playing the piano. You want your you want your wrist right. relative to your hand. And don't you want to curl your fingers, John? I feel like I've heard people talk about curling their fingers. You got to well, your fingers. Yeah, you don't want to you don't want to have them straight. You're not going to have because then the, you look like a Dracula. You look like a Dracula. Is exactly why you don't want to do that. Uh, imagine imagine everything going to I know a about piano. I've learned from Glenn Gould, which is probably not a good idea. I have a tiny little stool I carry from city to city. I wear gloves. Mm-hmm. 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 No, I mean, every once in a while you see, like, if you look at the TikTok demo of the girl who wrote the song Lost Boys. The Duran Duran I am a song. lost boy oh, okay. lost from boy. Neverland. I'll write that down. Usually hanging out with Peter Pan. Lost Boys TikTok. Is that from Broadway? Nope. It's just, she was a, a young woman and she posted like a five second long TikTok video where she just sang that. I am a lost boy. I love that that Neverland. exists. I love that that exists. And then it just looped. And a lot of people wrote her and said, uh, that's really good. You should write a whole song. Oh. And so she was like, oh, okay. That's risky. When they did that with, with the community theme, they, they cut out all the parts of that song I don't like and then made just the theme song. Do yeah. you think a whole, a whole song of uh, and by the way, that song has so many great misheard lyrics in it. Uh, mm. But we'll put a pin in that. In this instance, and, and then she capitulated to that because do you think she's thirsty to get TikToks views? No, no, no. I think she was just she's young. an artist. She's an artist, she, John. I think she was so young. Who knows? When I was her age, I was just like ah, you know, like what if I fart in a plastic bag? If you just fret, if you just fret the notes of power chords correctly, it's a victory. I couldn't have done that. Although I did spend a week. That little, that little slide I, is tricky. That bow, spent, wow, wow is tough for I new spent people. a week trying to learn the guitar solo to uh, uh, what? What? Uh, uh, Bad Moon Rising? Uh, yeah, Bad Moon Rising. I, I and I actually exactly. I'm trying to think how the guitar. Oh, it's got it's very blue. It's got a bluesy. It's got some slides in it, right? Yep, yep. And I and that was the first. I think that was the first guitar solo I ever learned, and I did that about the same age as this young woman who then wrote a full song about being a lost boy from Neverland, hanging out Jesus. with Peter Pan. And it was a really good song, very touching, very the moving. Bar, the bar has risen, John. There's no question about it. She's so good. And then it got 17 million YouTube. Well, I mean, like, I, I get that part. But the part I want to just cover before it passes us by too fast is the shit that I've written as full songs played by other people. Other, mm. other people had to learn my songs. Oh, I know. And I've got... I don't know if I have any songs that are a contender for a million, million views TikTok. It's mostly girls are mean to me, and yeah. here's here's any minor chord. People like, love those songs. But, but, but John, do you think it's exposure? Do you think it's – is it something in the meats? How how has the bar risen so much with these youths? It's, 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 it's like this. When I was – uh, when I was a downhill skier, yeah. the best downhill skier in our whole resort could do a back scratcher. And maybe at the end of the year. Is that what the, you touch, the ski touches your back? Yeah. And then at the end of the year, maybe they could do a helicopter, like a 360 helicopter. Okay. Now you go online. And there are people who are just skiing. They're not, they don't even go off a jump. They just go off. Uh, they just suddenly lift off I'm talking about consumer skiers just regular skiers yeah they lift off the ground and they do three front flips while spinning and also like okay. opening their mail so that's and 360 they, times three and they open yeah. their mail and they land backwards <sighs> and and they're wearing blue jeans and you're like 
how is this this is not humanly possible but but compared to what used to be the best thing we could possibly do this is so beyond and i think it's true of everything if you go on youtube and watch young guitar players oh, they know. they play and, and drummers unimaginable things yeah that no, that the best guitar player in the universe could not have played and these are just kids, and of course, they all like Jack Johnson for some reason. Their music is always like super smooth, uh, like okay. yeah. jazzity jazz jazz. If you're, if you're thinking about just, just, I don't like to speak to the listeners. If you're thinking about having kids, it's so important to understand what music they have access to. Yeah, yeah, you really don't like. Want for to... me, like I didn't. I w- in retrospect, I'm not sure I would have chosen the eight track of Mary Poppins as something that I listened to as much as hmm. I did, or the mm-hmm. Music Man. I'm not mad about it, but it, it could have been real different. That and Montavani. Like you know, in this instance, that's that's too much Johnson. We were uh, we were really lucky that the first record my sister bought was the Dolly Parton record that came out along with uh, the Nine to Five uh, movie. Oh, that where it was like a single from that. Well, no, she bought the LP and she played. Oh, the actual don't 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 actual yeah. uh, OST as they say. Yeah, and it has a it has a bunch of great songs on there. Like like oh, uh, I didn't like, know that. Like my, uh, she's got some song about a multicolored dress that her mom made for her because she's a poor girl. And oh, that, that's her. That's her classic song, "Code of Many Colors." A code of many colors, right? Oh, I don't even remember if that was on the if that was on the record, but mm-hmm. but Susan listened to this record up and down, backwards. And well, forwards. you know that's how Nick Nick Lowe is Rich's Croesus now, just because of that Bodyguard soundtrack. Oh sure, of course. Nick, well, Nick Lowe had a song that was at least when I was a younger person the best-selling soundtrack of all time. Hmm. It wasn't just whoever wrote the Whitney Houston song. Oh, that would be Dolly Parton. Oh, there you go. Whoa, isn't that right? Comes, Wait, comes full, didn't full Dolly circle. Parton uh, write "I Will Always Love You"? I will always love you. Yeah. Story goes, I don't know if this is true, but I heard it on a podcast. There was a really good podcast about Dolly Dolly Parton with Dolly Parton, hosted by the I think the Radio Lab guy, and uh, and the story goes, I believe that she supposedly wrote um, "I Will Always Love You" and Jolene on the same calendar day. Wow. So, how do you feel about that bar? See, she'd that's kill, what I'm she'd saying. She kill on TikTok. That's that sense of humor she has about herself, woof. Oh, she'd be amazing. The one thing to remember, though, is that the 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 young woman who wrote um, that who wrote uh, Lost Boys, she plays uh, in that TikTok, the original TikTok. She plays with flat fingers like a vampire. Oh, interesting. She's got uh, the Dracula. St- she fights Dracula she, style. She has. She plays Dracula style, and, uh-huh. and when I saw the TikTok, I was like. What are you doing? That's not how you. Oh, play that piano. poor woman! Can you imagine how many comments she got from that particular guy? Oh, but the thing is, the no, I think all the comments were like, "Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god!" I my kid looks at a lot of TikTok, so much TikTok that I don't try not to think about it too much, and that seems like it's kind of the good platform right now. Used to be that Instagram was that because also TikTok. It seems like TikTok understands what it is. You know, every social media, well, who knows, they'll screw it up. E- even the Chinese could screw up a steel trap, let's be honest. That's right. But, 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 you know, a lot of them, you know, you forget what's good. I recently stipulated on a program that I think the worst thing that ever happened to Twitter was mentions and at responses. Oh, smart. That, because that's what mm, you could, yeah, quote tweets made it worse. But yes. the, they, they screwed themselves up by not doing the good things, like making it easier to like talk to just your pals or all of those things. But TikTok, I just learned about something I want to say it's called stitching, but like there's a thing with TikTok where like the whole redoing stuff with other people's stuff is part of the fucking platform, which oh. is so such a good idea if that's what it is. 
On YouTube, you know, I mean, everybody's monitoring that. I'm not sure how that goes, but... You can't remix, though. You can't remix on YouTube. You can't land on a fraction. Well, you kind of can, because there are certainly, I guess, once you've run out of stock videos that you can get, like you start, you know, or like, this is big in the Disney community, John, Hmm. when you, when you, you use somebody else's video of something that only one person ever got like a video of. Yeah. Like this one thing that you get the hat ghost or whatever. Wait, is it an NFT? It could be, I guess it could be, I think anything can be an NFT. Oh, oh, that's cool. But I know, I, okay, we got way far away. Uh, just quick update. I'm already seeing several really upsetting things about what I'm doing. One is, it, I do have a knee injury that I've had for almost a month. I'm okay. locking my knees when I oh, stand no. here. Oh, that's and bad. I, th- I know from military school, you don't want to do that. No, you're going to pass out right in front of the you queen. You could pass out, but also, like, locking is not what a knee is for. No, locking and popping, though. Yes. Yeah, I mean, that's... that's well, that's super that's- fresh. You're pretty. You're a b boy and always were. I guess I I I I suppose I always have been. Um, yeah. I also my left heel my my heels hurt a little bit. Maybe I should okay. get a pad. <laughs> okay, but I'm, now, I'm gonna do. I'm sticking with this, John. I'm gonna me, try it for me, at least this episode. Let me let me ask you this, please. The stand up desk seems to be a a, a San Francisco tech. Uh, culture thing. Mm-hmm. It seems like you've been living, you've been soaking in it for yes. a decade, maybe longer. Well, you know it, how it is, John. When you're in a culture, and you and you uh, maybe you, you don't have to put the er at the end. You can just say cult. When you're in a culture, you know, like wh- however you're feeling about whatever the occurrence thing is, like y- there is a certain. Um, What's the word I'm looking for? Like gravity that like mm-hmm. wants to pull mm-hmm. you into that. I, I don't have a strong feeling about standing desk. We have something like a standing desk. Well, it's a standing desk at our house. Right. That is like a standing desk. Well, it's when my lady decided she'd had enough of me using um, my kid's Ikea kitchen as a standing desk. Because <laughs> you know the Ikea kitchen, it's got to be one of the greatest toys of all time. It's, it's, the, one that's, it's the one that sizzles. Huh, like Paris? When did did, did yeah. you put the, your computer on top of the refrigerator portion of it? No, I put it on the top part, like where you might put your accessories. Oh, I see. I'd I stand see. there, so- I'd look out the front window at the Confederate Ghost Park, and I could type on a small computer, and it was the best. And eventually, my wife did this really, really sweet thing, which is uh, amazing. She took away the great thing that worked and replaced John, it with you know something? The, you know this trick, John. You know, there's things that you can give people as a gift that send a message. Oh, sure. I, I have a friend who, who's, who's, uh, whose ex's mother once gave them towels and soap, which I thought was funny. Yeah. Now, that, 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 that person who happens to be my wife thought it was also funny and sweet. And I said, are you sure she wasn't saying she thinks you're stinky? Yeah, right. It's like giving breath mints. Breath mints, deodorant, other kinds yeah. of things. And so she got this really, ni- really nice, like, you know, it goes up and down. It's got a motor and stuff. I like oh, that. But cute. I, it's, a, it's a good point. San Francisco is the worst. But also, I, the reason people were doing it, I think, varies. One thing in the early days of standing desk that you would hear is that people, you know, they say people sit too much and that's bad for your heart, I want to say. And, okay, and your heart, yeah. Have you ever heard that, though, that sitting too much is bad for you? I think if you could put, if you could just do like one of those books, uh, like a, uh, what a, what are those called? The magic books where you, it's like, put a noun here, put a verb here, and you make up a story. M- M- Mad Libs. Oh, Mad Libs, right. I think the, the ultimate Mad Lib is blank is bad for your blank. Blank. Oh, and yeah, yeah, And you could yeah, just, yeah. you could just fill then, that then, out. And then a year later, it's bl- the opposite of blank is right. bad it's for like, your opposite oh, of blank. your heart is bad for sitting. 
Yeah, yeah. We've been yeah. here about coffee for a pretty long time. Anyway, I'm not sure why Obviously. I did this, except that like I this probably is not the best time to do it, given my uh, my knee is swollen and. I, but I bet you, I bet your heart is swollen too. Heart, so it's probably well. Don't good. even get me started on my heart. That's whole, I got a lot of calls to make, John. <laughs> um, but but, uh, but anyway, I thought I thought I'd give it a throw. So far, so good, and I think I'll probably acclimate to it. I don't um, understand how you didn't do it so long ago. It seems like why, this would why, John? Because of the pressure, tried. the San Francisco pressure. No, no, no. I just every tech office I've ever been to in San Francisco was a open plan, b had a room full of cereal in tubs, and c had standing desks that were at various levels. Like this person was standing, the person next next to them was sitting. The oh, person- or if you're gonna sit, then you got to use a yoga ball, right? Or or one of those what, – what were the ones made out of uh, like bended plywood where you were supposed to sit forward on your knees? Oh, uh, of, I think that's called – I want to say I had one of those in college I bought used. I think it's called a balance chair, ba- I want to say. A balance, yeah. So, I, now, I would not be surprised just, just in terms of the turns out aspect of this that, that's already sub rosa in this conversation. I would yeah. not be surprised at all to find out somebody goes, are you fucking kidding me? You <laughs> sat in a chair with all of your pressure on your, on, a, on your knees so that you could have a future rocking chair? Yeah, think about yep. that. Maybe not well, so great. Uh, uh, blank is blank bad, is bad for, for your, your blank. blank. But you know, if if you're in a big warehouse room and Ev Williams is sitting over there on a balance ball, mm. like what are you going to do, right? Mm-hmm. And I just would have assumed that you look like the, you look like a turkey, as we used to say. You look like some kind of hillbilly. You look like a turkey. Yeah. But, but back there in 2003, when you were Merlin Mann and talking into your shoe, I you remember that you weren't also standing up at a at a, at, well, a like an IKEA a, kitchen. I'm going to close this because this is super boring, but I don't want to hear about what you're up to. But like the the here, here's here's the things to know about this is that uh, well, a couple things. First of all, in terms of what you described, yes, absolutely, cereal, standing desks, all yep. of the things, yep. and then you add something like I think I've heard it called different things, but hoteling that idea that when you come in, you sit at a desk. Almost like you would think about your desk in homeroom versus your desk taking the SAT. One is much more your desk than the other for formal reasons. And then and then you add to that the idea of the standing desk. And I'm gonna say something a little bit cynical here, just a tiny bit cynical, which is think about one difference of a standing desk. Technically, you could fit a lot more people in an area if they all stood up. Oh, it's like those new airplanes they're designing where everybody stands up. Matt, exactly, where it's like a oh, subway no. strap where you do the double-decker no. with the butt in your face like they're doing on that one airline. But no, no. you could be a strap hanger, you yeah. know? Sure, uh, sure. But I, so I, I, and you can, do, you yeah. can do flex work like in the movie 9 to 5 where today don't, don't, this don't, is your don't, desk. Don't, Tomorrow oh, yeah. it's this other person's desk, right? Or I you, love Lily Tomlin. Isn't she the best? It's pretty darn good, yeah. It's yeah, true. I was making my kid watch uh, and the band played on recently, and Lily Tomlin's very good. And as is Phil Collins, if I'm being honest. Phil yeah. Collins plays somebody who runs a bathhouse in San Francisco with an accent. I am personally not a Phil Collins hater. I know. I'm I a don't Phil know if Collins you remember this, John. We, I'm we, an Eric Clapton hater. Well, Phil there's Collins reasons stand. for that. But, but I, I don't want to talk about this except to talk about it, which is just to say there was a time where we, we created on our program a certain... A certain. Uh, go on, go on. Say it. Uh, let's just say you like f- f- aspects of Phil Collins slightly more than I do, even though I like Phil Collins. Yeah. But my sense is that you dislike Billy Joel in a way that I. Li- okay, so I like Billy Joel, and then that became a thing where we go back and forth like who's the worst, and then of course you're getting into what John Gated Snare. That's the thing. And if you're against Gated Snare, then you're pro-Billy Joel. And if you're pro-Billy Joel, I don't see how you can appreciate Gated Snare. But this is the time to really heal those wounds in so many ways. You know that Kate Bush song from the Netflix program got popular? Well, 
most of the world now thinks of running up that hill as something from a Netflix show. I heard about that. I, I knew, I knew, I knew it as the this, the new single from the lady who did the hurting. That's how far I go back. <laughs> I like uh, "Sat in Your Lap." "Sat in Wait, Your Lap" is my jam. Didn't her music video have Donald Sutherland in it? Uh, I think that might be the one. Called, uh, my, if, yes, I think it was. And it was cloud busting. Oh, I cloud still dream of Organon. Remember about the guy who thought Organon was a thing and he I was going to learn how to put it in clouds? It's an interesting story. I remember. Running I up remember. that hill is about, about wanting to switch bodies with your lover so that you can understand each other. Right. That happens all the time, too. And then, and then the song Sat in Your Lap goes, ooh. Ooh, do you remember you, that song? You, you remember, da, 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 da. Ooh, ooh. you remember the, the 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 key relationship there was Kate Bush and and uh, Peter Gabriel, which is why I mention it because yes. if you go back to say, let's say Intruder, let's go back to about circa nineteen eighty, and I think it was Hugh Padgham probably was mm. the guy. You know, Brian Eno gets a lot of credit for things. Hugh Padgham, I'm, I think, was T H E gated snare guy on stuff like Peter yes, Gabriel, which is very true. different from what not David Bowie, which was actually, uh, what was the, who was the actual guy? Not, not Bon Jovi. Uh, who's the other guy, the guy who really did the, uh, Berlin records. What's that guy's name? Oh, you're talking about, uh, you know Lanois? I mean? No, no. pre no, 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 good, good pull. But no, the, the guy who actually did the production, who had a brother and it's his name. It's not Bon Jovi. It's a different one. He, uh, he oh, was Bon Jovi. Oh, fuck. Okay. Oh, 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 It's a buono. John, John, it's a cuse. Just a cuse. It's no good a bon jovi. Low is going to be hard to search. So I'll say David Bowie Heroes. David Bowie Heroes. What's happening? Oh, wait. Oh, are you doing Intruder? Are you doing that song? Intruder alert. Tony Visconti. Tony Visconti, of course. Everybody credits Bowie. Or excuse me, everybody quote credits Eno for all of those. No, you can't credit Eno. Can credit he's overcredited. Eno. Well, he's a little overcredited. He's very influential. I have his uh, his uh, his oblique strategies on my desk within uh, handshot right here. Yeah, I have my, I have that. I've told you about my my handmade set of oblique strategies. No, wait. Did yeah. we close all our parentheses? Oh did we no ever chance. Figure? No they, chance we did. Oh. Huh. I had a thought this morning when I was waking up that it's loose ends that drive people crazy. That if you can become comfortable with loose ends, life will be uh, less troubling. That's a thought I had this morning. I, I learned, and I think it's I think partly it was on this program, learning that you, you that loose ends are, are uh, the path to godliness. Well, you can certainly give a lot of your demon dogs a vacation, if not a retirement, if you learn that loose ends are a part of life. And can I tell you how I thought of it? And then we'll be done with this parenthesis as I was getting ready to leave the house. And I was watching a little bit of cable news before I left to find out what I'm supposed to be scared about today. And I was thinking about how one problem with cable news and news in general is that the nature of news, even if you report it totally uncynically, is to like tell you what's new. That's why it's called news. New. But it's also to constantly, like I say, make remind you or remind you what you're supposed to be scared of and how mm. you're supposed to be scared of it. And just to remind you that there are so many loose ends. Mm, loose ends. And loose ends keep you coming back for more. They, you, they make you into a little, little bit of an addict. And mm. I was thinking about how I've got some loose ends right now that I'm dealing with, I'm trying to figure out where a package that was delivered didn't go. Uh -oh. I was wondering, you know, uh, if I could handle you know, a lot of different things. And then I thought, you know, but what if I decided to be less bothered by loose ends existing? You know what you should do? What? You should switch over okay. to split ends. And if you oh, focus on split ends, oh my god, that, that's a that's you know that's a really I good. Want. You know that band's really actually underrated. 
Oh, they're incredibly, they are directly properly rated in this household. No shit. Did you know that song, uh, the, the one that, uh, not Neil, but um, what's his head sings? Um, th- that was my mistake. Do you know that song? Tim? Tim. Tim. <laughs> yeah, Tim, Tim singing. You know, Tim, Tim that's that. I think that, if we're Tim being honest, I think that was the cause of a lot of the, you know, the trouble that they eventually got back together for that wonderful Brothers record. Yeah, but I think there was some acrimony because oh, Neil, oh, Neil had Neil the was, pop sensibility. Neil was very good, but I think Tim actually Tim joined was the performer. House. Tim was, I, no, no, Tim was, Tim was the theater ish yeah. guy. You, they would not be up there dressed like, uh, dressed like, uh, like ventriloquist dummies if it weren't for Tim. Look, Tim was very handsome. He he should have been a Fleetwood Mac. Boy. Oh my god! Yeah, that's anyway, amazing. But so loose whenever ends, whenever loose ends, you John. think about loose ends, whenever they start to bother you, just think about split ends. Tonka, 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 and that's it. There it is. Uh-huh. That's all it takes. Now you're somewhere else. Did you right? like Crowded House? That's probably not your I, not your tempo. I did like Crowded House, and I, I saw I saw them in live in concert uh, early on. Like, uh, like uh, 86, 87, 88, that kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, like before they had become like a, a global phenomenon. Yeah, and don't dream it's so over good. because the video was, I feel like, was on MTV a huh. lot. It was in, it was on MTV a lot, but I, I thought they were great songwriters and that, that was that was an example of one of those bands where it's like, you couldn't have predicted this. And you, and you know what it is, John? I'm going to say it again. Uh, canonical bands, you got Oranger, you got The Who, you got Minutemen, which I know you don't like, but uh, everybody loves a power trio. I Everybody have a special a affection trio. for, and it's okay. Like I, I've been going through a major Radiohead thing lately, Uh-oh. Uh-oh. and watching Radiohead at Glastonbury in 1997, which might be one of the great things. Um, they've got like six people on stage, yeah, yeah. but you kind of need it, yeah. Right? Oh yeah, right. Whereas somebody's got to play a tinkle tinkle and then run across the stage and go boo boo boo. Johnny Greenwood and his narrow hips. He always has to on the one part of dong 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 gong 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 dong dong gong gong gong. He has to change from his gift fiddle to run back to the keyboard, get ready for from a great height. John, if you'll permit me to share it with you, I will share you a stolen. Oh. Oh, wait, we're just doing the Spirit of Radio? Because that's another great power it trio. right into it. It went right into it. <laughs> what you need to do is do a mashup of, of Subterranean Alien and and Spirit uh-huh. of Radio. Just, oh, just... you know who's going to love that is the ladies, because you can get out there and slow dance. Because <laughs> <laughs> I bet you there's some 5-4 parts that we could lock up. 1,000%. Because they both like a 5-4. You know what I've been doing on YouTube? No. You can find, this is going to blow your mind. Okay. Oh, and, that, and that was a little bit of I'm a standing, so go easy. I don't have a chair <laughs> to break my fall. You can find incredible videos with pretty decent sound of the Dead Kennedys in the early 80s. You can see them in the studio in San ah, Francisco. Isn't that incredible? The, the Nazi incredible? Punks, punks fuck off in a studio in San Francisco with Klaus Fluoride cutting up. Oh they my God! So, they're so much more lovable. It's incredible. It's so great to watch, and all that. And the drummer, studio drummer stuff, Darren, Darren, uh, is it Darren Pellegrew, the the drummer, he's fucking amazing. They're hilarious, and they're playing so fast, and they're looking right into the camera, like ha ha, get get a load of this. So I'm saying the drummer like, with the glasses, Klaus Fluoride, yeah. he's he's mugging. Yeah, what are you guys even doing? And you don't look punk rock at all. You look like a bunch of guys that work at a Safeway. Oh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Man, here's, true. Here's, here's the fun, right? I've been watching these because there's a lot <laughs> Had of Had to carry videos. out groceries for <laughs> Diane Dragon Lady Feinstein. 
There God, a, he hated her. <laughs> a lot of, of really good like live videos, but then you can yeah. also go yeah, the, like a uh, Mayahabu Gardens or whatever. You'll yeah, absolutely. There's a surprising amount of, of shit. Did, did it with Minor Threat. There's, there's a surprising one, amount of very good videos from the early '80s. There's a there's a wonderful like hour and a half long show from Portland, Oregon. That's just like uh, it. It feels like being there. You know, it's at Satyricon or something. But then you can go and find videos of bad brains basically oh. basically the same week all the way across the country in in there's New a part York. of me that thinks everybody needs to av- keep avoiding bad brains as a band that they don't know just so they can save it up for when they really need it <laughs> and you're like oh i felt like i felt that way about minor threat i mean i i was i didn't know minor threat in the i was into black flag at that time i was mm-hmm. into dead kennedys at, the, at that time and i what i'd heard of minor threat i thought oh this guy can't really sing per se yeah. but then i discovered minor threat and i was like are you fucking kidding me it was there all along merlin it was there all along has there ever been a band whose slugging percentage on this this amount of released songs and that this many are like this good and then like buddy holly getting into the into the orchestra stuff then they start adding like glockenspiels and shit and you're like fucking minor threat bad brains passed under my radar for a long time oh yeah and it's easy because that first record doesn't sound very good but because well, it was, what's the one that was the was, i was, uh, i i guess i is that the yeah. one but there's that one, one by, incredible. by, uh, by um, Phil, uh, like uh, Rick Ocasek recorded one of those records, and it doesn't super sound as good as you wish it did hmm. uh, in terms of like modern sonic. But but the but but going online and watching these uh, like East Coast West Coast punk rock videos from the very early '80s, it's like time traveling. You understand America so much better. You understand everything that came, well, especially like the America of the time, right? Uh, the America of the time, but also like all of all of alternative culture, all of punk rock from then on. You watch these videos and you're like, "This could be today," and that is not true of so much other stuff in the world. You couldn't go back and watch a video from 1960 and say like, "This could be today." I, we'll- I, I, this is fascinating on on so many levels. I mean, there's there's a thing that I think we talk about lightly, but it gets sort of kind of kind of missed. Is like, it's weird how so much. If you go to YouTube, which I, I look at YouTube quite a lot, and I I love watching and listening to music related things on YouTube, and I follow my nose, and it's just it's really gratifying to go and you know see what all's out there. Just just I just out of performances, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but what's wild is th- there are these periods. That feel I think I think about periods in my life where like I didn't take many photos or I didn't watch much TV. Like when I started college, I wasn't watching. I totally missed a bunch of 1987 to 89 TV, even though that's what my thesis was about. There's other times where like I just didn't take many photos. You know, there's just times in your life where there's like weird holes, and then other times where there's like so many photos. Think about this. Isn't it weird how how much stuff from the 60s? and 70s that was shot on film has survived. Think about how much stuff we should have from the 80s yeah. and 90s that yeah. was mostly that mostly existed very widely. Here I'm making a bad making this poorly, but there was so much shit that existed so widely on VHS but the tapes didn't survive. The tapes looked terrible. Where, okay, if you want to watch uh, Throwing Muses do Not Too Soon, which you should, I do it like a couple times a month. Like, yeah, the video was on MTV, ergo, 
that has continued to exist. But do you ever notice how there's things where like, there's more stuff about Mungo Jerry than there is about like some stuff from the 80s and 90s, unless you have the video for that. Isn't it odd though? Like I had a video that I bought with money. I only bought a handful of VHS videos with money. You know, like the REM videos one, uh, REM succumbs, I think it was called. But I had something, it was a, a label called Flipside, and they put out these punk rock videos, you know, all the way down to the, the, the credits, such as they were, were done by punching in on the camera, <laughs> yeah. like the, those weird yeah, yeah. letters. But yeah. I had one that was a concert, it was two, two bands, it was Minutemen and Minor Threat. Like, and that was just a thing that you could buy if you sought it out. But you did have to, like, seek it out. Yeah. And I, I don't know, I'm just really struck sometimes. And, but like with Bad Brains, what was it that got me into that? I forget what it was, but I finally put on the actual, I guess I came across a video that was talking about them. And I was ashamed. I put on the fucking record and I was like, are you kidding me? Maybe I just didn't have, you know, you just don't have no, to No, 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 you were saving Shakespeare for prison. Saving That's Shakespeare for prison. Yes. Yeah, yeah you and, saved and Bad no Brains. no cheating, no, no cheating and just kind of dipping into King Lear. Save Listen. it all. Listen, you find bad brains when you're ready for bad brains. You bad, find bad brains, brains will find you. You know they, what I'm they saying? They are really something. Yeah, they are. Yeah, they are. And, 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 uh, yeah, go. And none of it makes any sense. I mean, you don't try and figure it out. I, I was talking about this with somebody the other day. I, I was like, I've got a really good friend. He's a... Uh, He's uh, he's Generation X, right? So he's been a, he's a, adopted a very cynical posture for the last thirty years, but he actually has a lot of hope in his heart. <laughs> he's a hopeful man. Are you, are you, are you subtweeting me right now? <laughs> he's a hopeful man. Huh, uh, all right, uh, but you know, he's always hopeful, says, hopeful, but discontent. And I <laughs> said, writing well, out the right. day's events, completely dis discontent. And I was, you know, I was just I was typing on my phone with my thumb. I wasn't really thinking about it. And I said, you know, the thing about it is that he. Uh, you know, he doesn't have any God in his heart. That's why he will never be uh, – that's why he'll never, like, fully be hopeful. I said what he's doing instead of having God in his heart is he's looking for patterns. He's trying to figure it out by looking for patterns, and that will drive a man crazy. And as I wrote it, I didn't send it without thinking. And then I was like, wait a minute. He doesn't have any God in his heart. He's looking for patterns, and that is – how he's trying to figure out the world. And I was like, am I subtweeting myself? I, I, like, I, 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 I always uh, take almost everything you say very credulously because by definition, everything you say is true. That's, a, a, did you actually just get that off the dome while you were texting with somebody? Yeah, I was just texting. I was just like, oh, here's this John, guy's it's deal. Pretty, it's pretty, it's, well, I mean, if this were a pie graph, it's, it's 80%. Holy shit, that's smart. And 20%, yee. Yeah, right, exactly. Yeah. Uh, looking for patterns. Wait a minute. If that's not the way to God, what have I been doing all these years? Oh, shit. He, do he doesn't play at dice, you know? No, he doesn't play at dice. And yeah, and you're not going to find him by looking for patterns. But you know, you so, got to look for God and you got to look for love. Uh, one of my favorite podcasts oh, is, uh, is uh, just because this is another thing that came out of fucking nowhere. I was listening to an episode of The Flophouse, uh, which is a podcast I love. They watch a bad movie and talk about it. I've and then at the end, it. yeah, that, that's cool. At the end, they do a thing called Final Judgments where they say, was this a, a good bad movie, a bad, bad movie, or a movie you kind of like? And Stuart Wellington, who's amazing, he, uh, he just said something like off the dome that like so – sometimes you hear – but like, like sort of this is – what I'm saying is this is how I felt when you said what you just said, right? Mm. He said I've, – I've wa I watched this movie and it was this really, really bad, really boring movie. And I should find the actual quote, but he said something like, I couldn't find any love in this. Mm -hmm. And which is a kind of unusual thing for somebody on the flop house to say, because it's really mostly just like 
you know, a flurry of hilarious associations and words, which right. is why I love it. But he's like, I couldn't find any love in this. And I was thinking like, man, that summarizes so much about what I find frustrating. Like when you and I talk about computer products and like I talk about Apple TV, my problem with Apple TV is I don't know if anybody ever loved this. I can't find the love in this. Oh, Are we yeah. all really ultimately looking for for instances or for not proof of love in God, but instances of love in God? What are we I looking think you, for? I think you have to be, and I think it's what's so off-putting. And patterns support every, that or, or work again at cross-purposes with that? Well, that's the thing. I think patterns support it. I just feel like you can't, but patterns aren't sufficient, right? Patterns are- Patterns are, aren't sufficient. No, they're a path. Talk more about that. Patterns are a path, but they're not the they're not the end result. You don't figure out the pattern and then close the book, right? Patterns are no, are nothing if you're not if you're not chasing. That, that could go to as what John Syracuse calls evolution. That could go to politics. Yeah, right. Patterns yeah. patterns aren't sufficient, and co- correlation is not causation. It's what we hate about modern culture so much because people are throwing up patterns all the time and going, "This is the story. This is oh you know, shit, dog. This is the deal. All oh, you have to do good, is John. Oh, you fuck. know, all you have to do is connect the dots, and then you get the prize. And it's like, no, that's yeah, yeah, no- yeah. And my feeling would be, if I, you know, hey, how about you give that a second pass? How well, about you just give like- that a second pass and try to figure out if there's any other thing besides the first pattern you noticed that that could prove what that means? And the and the problem is if you look past the first pattern, you go, oh, I see the second pattern. There's no love in this. The second pattern is you made you you didn't make this out of love. You you had no love going in, and you took no love coming out. Right. And so you're just like, oh, it, they, and it just starts stacking up like. But it, go, it goes for stuff that I've. Garbage. It goes for stuff that I've been a real shit about my whole life, which is that I'm 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 currently doing an apology tour about some of this stuff because I hate that hate that I was like this, but I never considered myself a racist person, especially compared to my family. But right. for example, when people would say stuff like, "If black people hate." living in poor neighborhoods so much, why don't they just move? I didn't I did not agree with that statement, but I did not disagree enough with that statement. You didn't understand the context. Because I looked yeah. at the first pattern. And the first pattern was, hey, honestly, like give me a break on this one. Look at me. If I really hated who I was roommates with, like I would find different roommates. It's it's like the real, right? The real kind of simple pattern to see, hey, why don't they do what I would do? And what I would do is grab my bootstraps and find a better roommate. And you know what I mean? Instead of going like, hey, look, how about, what about if the second or third pattern you see is something that is so widespread and so deep in our culture that you couldn't even see it? And you announcing that first pattern, I mean, that qualifies you to write a Brett Stevens, uh, you know, uh, opinion piece for the New York Times. But I sure wouldn't want to hang a whole ethos on that. Well, and this is what I've always said about. I think, or what I guess it took me 10 years to realize, but, you know, right-wing politics is, uh, is always literal. It always takes the first, it takes the, 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 um, the take that's right in front of you. Like, oh, well, this person and that person are in competition for a thing. Let the best man win. And li- right. liberal politics always presume a second and third layer of understanding, and it's why mm. you're never going to pres- you're never going to convert someone who believes that if something is literally true then you can't contest it right, right? because it's literally true a, a a a liberal will always say yes but context context and I, wait and- you know what it is John? and this has to do with my my being really deep in a, a big 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 rewatch re read re everything of uh, game of thrones it's like arguing with a dothraki 
Like the Dothraki <laughs> call it the poison sea, right? And I'm not trying to make fun of the Dothraki here. But no, like, not at all. They're, they're horse people. Everything is about horses. Like when right. you want to uh, reward Jorah Mormont for protecting, you know, uh, Khaleesi, one of the, the best things you can do is say, walk outside and you pick any steed you want that's not Daenerys' horse or Khal Drogo's horse. Because it's all about horses and the greatest honor. We, isn't that a little bit what we're talking about on the right? Is like they have such a almost one-to-one understanding, the, the literalness of things that they don't realize could have some more nuance to it. And what, are you going to argue with them? Well, I how mean, are you going to argue with them? Are you going to cross the poison sea? What are you going to do? At the furthest extent of that, they take one of the greatest poems of human history, the Bible, and turn it into a literal document. Yeah, don't weaponize like, the Bible. We need to stop look, doing that. Look, this is a big song. Are you kidding me? Like the Bible is like a like a psychedelic, uh, uh, like it's like a. a it's like, it's like uh, saying everybody should have guns because of Alice's restaurant. It's well, really odd. Uh, the Bible is a moody blues record from the late 60s, right? It has no – it's yeah, just like yeah, yeah. lights in white satin and people are like, nope, they're literally knights and they're literally in white satin. Right, right. except if it had been actually sung in Aramaic and then they acted like the English <laughs> translation they had yeah. made sense. And then it got translated, yeah, into Spoken in Aramaic, written in Greek, but, you know, um, letters born are in, written. Never, born never in never Babylonia, to send. moved to Arizona. <laughs> He it's got a, a condom in a stone. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that might be good right there. <laughs> Fucking A. Well, wait, but I didn't tell you where I am. Oh, shit. Ticket, ticket, ticket. Hey. Um, God, we have so many parentheses. It's gonna, John, when I listen back to this for the editing process, it's going to yeah. kill me how much stuff we just left on the table. Don't worry about loose ends, Merlin. Just think about split ends. Holy shit. Dunka, dunka, dunka. Hey, John, can I ask you a question? Just, just yeah. real quick. Um, yeah, sure. Uh, remember, they're in the video. They're in the painting, and then they start playing and yeah. they move. You ever, I don't know why. Have you, have you ever? Have, uh, get, have you ever had Ted Leo cover? Uh, ever had Ted Leo cover? Um, um, six months in a leaky boat. Yes, I have. It's really good. That guy's got a that. If he wants to, when he talks, and I've had the pleasure of talking to Ted Leo on a couple occasions, he has one of the lowest, deepest quiet but deepest like mm. he sounds like he should be doing he sounds like he should be reading you game of thrones he has a very deep speaking voice but then mm-hmm. when he sings when he wants to jiminy christmas how does he do it you're the He's, same way you're the high voice on uh, car parts not sean yeah, i don't know high how voice, it works high voice you gotta ah, you gotta get the high voice even though you're talking nice wait they don't love you like I love you. Wait. Ted, Ted Leo is a, uh, he's God, a very good uh, musician. That's the thing about He's him. a great musician and he can strum. I was making the case the other night on the internet, you know, because I watch videos at night and have a drink and talk about it. And I was talking sure. about specifically, uh, if you'll permit it, oh, here, here's, a, here's a thread to close. I'm terribly sorry. I would like to, if you'll allow it, send you my summons.720p copy of Radiohead at Glastonbury in 1997, which oh, I consider please. to be one of the great performances. Please. And people from England go, hello, hello, hello. It's still on the iPlayer, isn't it? And I said, <laughs> yeah, but we, we America don't got the iPlayer in it. But right. I'll, if you would allow it, I'll send that to you because I think you'd enjoy it. But like, you know, they do the chunka, 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 chunka. There are points in, especially in, um, God, the, the revelatory song from that performance, I think it's the, is um, The Bends. Right. And, and what the case I was making was, this is a concert is such an amazing moment where you t- see a band that takes what it's becoming to leverage what it's been, to improve mm-hmm. what it's been. So when you watch, a band, The Bends is a great song, good record, right? But yeah. I, when you listen to it uh, as a record, 
forgive my saying, you could confuse that as just another song in a pile from the grunge era. I mean, it's it, you could say like, oh, yeah, that sounds like Sun Temple Pilots or whatever. But what they do with that in 1997? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They elevate it, as they would say on Top Chef. I'd love to send that to you. They do chunk of chunk. What I'm here to say about Ted, Ted can do his rhythm guitar work should be in the Pantheon. Oh, I see what you're saying. He can do a chunk of chunk of chunk. Chunk of chunk of chunk is not as easy as it seems. If it's you're doing straight eights up and down, or even all down like the Ramones, woof. Well, That's hard you know, to do. There are a lot of there are a lot of musicians like me that if if I can do it, you've heard me do it, right? Like there, there's no secret. <laughs> right. Right. There's nothing left in my quiver is empty. <laughs> That's right. John, John does not come out and play Brahms. Uh, on anything. Right? <laughs> yeah, well, you don't you don't come out and get handed like an ELO style white violin and start playing Paganini. No, holy it, shit! Could John play Paganini the whole time? Could he play the? No, he cannot. <laughs> and that's the thing. Everything you've heard me do is actually like one or two clicks better well, than I'm, I'm if actually I may, John. Of. Everything anyone has heard you do is everything that you. <laughs> It's, it is all on the table, right? You're exhausted. Like, like You're the, like an empty toothpaste. The, the pitcher is empty. But there are all these musicians out there that what you hear them do is their thing, and then they're sitting around the living room, and they pull out a, a gut string guitar, and they play Segovia. And you're like, if you can do that, why aren't you That working? always gets me with piano, where people will just sit down and like be... I thought there was an example of this really recently that I was thinking of, but you, know, you think about old guitar players play guitar... You know, you have a concentration in this thing. The weirdest thing when I was a kid was, oh, you play a band band instrument in like concert band, but you also play a rock guitar. That was common. Right. Right. But what you wouldn't get is people who could play almost anything. Like you pick up a Chapman stick and play a song, or you pick up a sitar and can do something, you know, greater than George Harrison levels of guitar. Some people just seem to have that in them, but also then the people, like you don't get good at piano accidentally. It's right. a lot of fucking work. Well, and the same is true. So there are guys like, and Ted Leo is one of these, and weirdly Ben Gibbard is too. If you say, hey, Ted, play some Stevie Ray Vaughan, mm-hmm. he's just like, write it. He can do it. And he Couldn't can play, stand the weather. And he can play the he can play guitar like Stevie Ray Vaughan, and you're like, okay, Ted, now play, you know, play guitar. But I also like- I bet he could also if somebody yelled out another girl, another planet. I oh, bet yeah. I bet he could just know he probably knows it for some reason, but if he doesn't, he would pick up enough and mentally do the the forward thinking calculation fast enough to know like okay, this part's pretty simple, I'm just playing. And like when I get to the chorus though, I'm going to need to do this and by feel. You know what I mean? One yeah. of those kinds of like a pure musician. My grandmother was like that. No she, shit. She literally was somebody that would sit at the piano at in a party and she would say, you know, call them out and people would call out songs. That's a magic trick, John. And she would say, uh, people would say, do you know this song? And and my dad used to say this all the time. He would say, hum a few bars. And he was quoting his mother who would say, why don't you hum a few bars of the song? I don't know that one, but hum a few bars. And the person would go, uh, and she'd be there with the chords. And in her head, I bet she could hear the chords, the chords that would go with that as well. Right. And then she would start to figure it out, and they and the Ugh. person would lean on the piano and go, "No, no, no!" But there it goes, da 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 da, and she'd be, and then they'd know the song. The person would start singing, and my grandmother would play the chords. And it's a kind of thing that's lost to time. I mean, I don't know, how, I don't know how many people can 
It's like well, Steve Allen. Having a, I mean, this is a, one of those like old man things. I never lived in a house with a piano in the house, a big piano that somebody could play. I mean, now, I mean, we've had a Yamaha keyboard I bought for my kid to, to learn stuff on. You know, they got pretty into it for a while. But having an actual piano in the house with people who could play it, I mean, I, not to sound too old here, but there was a time in America, there's a reason that sheet music was the way a lot of mu um, money was made in music. Before everybody had a way to play recordings, you'd buy sheet music and you'd learn how to play it and then you'd play it at parties or at night. I mean, that was, isn't that kind of like radio or TV for the time? Yeah, it was before radio. That's what people did. That's why, and that's why there are so many accordions in thrift stores. That's why there's so many, oh, because somebody decided not, it's like family business. You're well, not no, gonna. You're not gonna keep the deli going. You're you're gonna like let it go. It used to be that uh, the accordion was an extremely popular instrument in America, and thousands and thousands, tens of thousands of people knew how to play them. So there was one in the Port corner. Portable, right? You, yeah, you, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. You pick it up, and everybody starts singing. Uh, roll out the barrel, and then <laughs> we'll have a barrel of fun. And yeah. then one day, and I think it was in 1985, the last person. Uh, that played the accordion died, oh, and, and Al Yankovic picked up the, their accordion and said, "I will carry on." And then the thrift stores just flooded with them. And you know, I have like six accordions because I, I was well, I, I was scarred by an accordion, as you know. I was compelled to take accordion lessons Saturday mornings. And <laughs> you know what's funny, John? I'm looking through my history. <laughs> I was trying to find examples of what I was talking about yeah. uh, on, on July 4th this year. Um, I'm looking at my history. I love my YouTube history. Dead Kennedys Live, 11-1979, Portland, Oregon, Earth Tavern. Any oh, my God. That's what you were oh talking my God. about? Well, I, and I probably was watching it the same <laughs> I was. I watched at least the first 10 minutes of it. I feel like you and I were across the West Coast. Uh -huh. We were both like middle of the night. You know yep. what? You know what I need to see right now? Yep, yep, yep. And I think I got to it by going to that San Francisco live, or, you know, in the studio takes. Is this why I have a standing desk, John? Be honest. It might be. I mean, right? Weren't you stipulating earlier that there's something in the water vis-a-vis -vis standing desk in San Francisco? It's just a matter of time before I, I got into the splash zone? I do believe. I do believe. Oh, you just shit. have to... Hey, Merlin, yeah. don't lock your knees. Oh, fuck. They're locked right now. Unseen hand. Huh. Huh. <laughs> that's it. Knees. That's beautiful. Yeah, now that's it. Ah, rah, rah. Now that one, now you stuck the landing.